The following hoot nanny will be explicit. Oh, we had this good idea. Well, it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's dead, and that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character gen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Oh, we had this good idea. You're listening well, to Happy Jack's RPG time. Podcast, now pursuing the RPG dead. hobby with reckless abandon and beer. So now we're back to character gen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 13 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. I'm Kimmy. Oh, and this is the Angry DM. Damn it, I missed my cue. I had one job. <laughs> you had job. one job! <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think we can do it better. Do you think we can do it better? Should we try Let's again? Let's try it again. Okay. Hey, thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 13 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Gina. I'm Kimmy. Oh. <laughs> There's a lag. There's a lag. There's a lag. Yeah, gonna, it's, a, it's a lag. Uh-huh. We'll blame it on the lag. It's a lag. Yeah, we're like we're like online gamers. It's a fucking lag. I did not miss a shot. It's a lag. <laughs> okay, I need to fix something. Okay. I'm sorry about this, but I gotta fix this because we're bleeding over onto his track, and I gotta figure out why. Sorry. Hold on one second. Sure. Oh jeez. It's comedy gold. We can't lose that. Oh, we we've lost it. We're, we're back on it's the. We're back. We're back. There's oh, a technical is issue. To the annals of time, <laughs> if you're stork. Can you turn your volume up a little bit again, please? Me? Yeah. We are professionals. And also, Kurt, fuck you. You are frenemy number one for me tonight. You couldn't hear me earlier, but just thought I'd repeat that for you. Whoa, 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 frenemy is my thing. Why do you guys think you can just take frenemy as a term? You brought it on our podcast. We're sharing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, <laughs> no it's sharing? trademark. Oh. You trademark that shit? I trademark everything. You're I am my frenemy without benefits, back. Kurt. That is not trademarked. <laughs> all right, how's that now? Can you hear me now? This is me talking. This is me saying all sorts of important shit uh, about things and stuff. And Yeah, we're good. We're awesome. We're golden now. <laughs> And okay. we're still recording because we're awesome. This this shit flying like the awesome. spruce goose. Here we go, guys. If you were ever wondering how to start a podcast, this is pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the best opening ever. Uh, buy electronics, get drunk, fuck shit up. That's right. So uh, so tell us about uh, about who you are and what what it is that makes you famous. Uh, I am the angry GM. I am famous because I am angry. And because there are like 5,000 people who are psychotic enough to want to listen to every random thought that I decide to tweet across the internet, I honestly have no idea. I don't know what is wrong with people. But you know what? Whatever. Because eventually I'm going to start milking them for cash somehow. That's the plan. Or start a cult. <laughs> I would go with the cult. Either way. Either way, I'm fine. It worked out for that uh, L. Ron Hubbard guy. It did. So. It did. Yeah. But... Seriously, I'm the Angry GM. I have a website, angrydm.com, which will shortly be angrygm.com, but both those addresses work, so use which either one strikes your fancy. I'm also on Twitter, at the Angry GM. Uh, that's G as in new, M as in mnemonic. Um, and that's it. <laughs> I... That clears everything up. What happened to my bottle of wine? Oh, there you, it is. You guys are quick on the uptake, huh? We are. We try to be. Yeah. Anyway, just wait until later, I, we'll be drunk, it won't happen as quickly. The, I basically just tell people how to run less worse games. 
That's what I do. Less worse. High bar. Always set the bar high. Uh, yeah. I don't want to make any promises because pretty much I am the pinnacle and no one is going to be me. So less worse is about the best you can hope for. <laughs> That's right on. reasonable, yeah. I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. And you also yeah, have I get that all the time. I'm reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have uh, you have your uh, every so often you'll send out your list of people you don't hate. Yeah, that's actually a thing that I'm going to start up more on a weekly basis. I used to do it on a weekly basis, the stuff I don't hate. Um, It's part of a court settlement, actually, to prove that I absolutely don't hate everything in the universe. Nice. Are we going to be on that list? Yeah. Yay! Oh, you guys have been on that list several times. Actually, um, Happy Jacks, you you guys were one of the, the first people to, like, notice me. So... I kind of feel like I owe you something here. Oh, so we made you, is what you're saying. <laughs> Wait, okay, by the end of this podcast, we're so not going to be on the things he doesn't hate list. We're going to be on his things I really, really, really hate list. Right. Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. You know what it is? It's, there, there's a point where you have surpassed the people who helped raise you up. <laughs> um. Very true. All right. <laughs> That's why you have, like, 5,000 people follow you on Twitter. No, no, it's okay. I have, I have, my personal account has, I think, 700. Yeah. I think. But I never tweet, I only, oh, very rare, I always tweet on the Happy Jacks one. You do. That's, I tweet continuously. You do. Yeah, you're on a lot. Do do you ever get any work done while you're tweeting? Well, (laughs) see, I'm an accountant, and I, I know you don't know this, but... Accounting is actually really boring. <laughs> so, Twitter is like the thing I use when basically the soul-crushing despair of my life is getting to be too much. It's so that's why it happens every five minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're asking about Q and A. Oh shit! I didn't turn the Q and A. Let me turn um, the Q and A on. I can turn. Ooh, I can turn on. They Questions. Yeah. Uh, let me just say, if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We have a forum at happyjacks.org slash forum. That's happyjacks.org slash forum. We're on Twitter at happyjacksrpg, all one word. Or you can follow me and be the 701st follower at srvenable and uh, the angry GM now, right? Yep, that's right. correct. And then. You Are you on the Instagrams? I, I am not on the Instagrams. I have no idea what the hell the Instagrams are. Okay, I just discovered Reddits. Ah. <laughs> well, you know. I actually have no clue what I'm doing. I've totally been faking it for five years. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, aren't we Good all? Good job. Yeah. Some of us are better at faking it than others. Anyway, I keep talking. More practice. <laughs> and and what, what's yours, Kimmy? Your Twitter? Your Twitter. Um, I am Golden Lasso Girl. On the Twitters and the Instagrams. Okay. All right. And uh, let's see. I think that's it. I think we're going to have a... <clears throat> I didn't check my email. I think we're going to have another sponsor next week. Ooh. Ah. Yeah, I think Easer Roller Dice is going to sponsor again. Really? Yeah, they love us. That's and we cool. love them. So. All right. Let's go on to the topic. <clears throat> Custom-honed, hand-tooled topic just for the angry GM. First... Mr. Angry. <clears throat> the question is, should GMs punish players for dumb decisions? Okay, and that's the question to me? 
That's, That's a question, question to all of us. Yeah. But, but you to you first. specifically. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, I'm hey, that sure. was a really easy one. I thought this was going to be harder. <laughs> uh, so thanks for coming to Happy Jack's RPG with the Angry GM. Uh, check me out on angrygm.com and, uh, you know, uh, have a good night. All right, I'm out. <laughs> My soundboard's not working. Aww. There it goes. <laughs> There's our closing music. Like right. everything else tonight is just delayed. <laughs> it is. <Yeah. laughs> so, let me kind of set this up a little bit. Players going through a dungeon. And there's, you know, trap doors and there are pressure plates on the floor that shoot shit at him and all this stuff. And he's going along. And uh, one of the players, you know, they got a, a thief or a rogue. I guess they're called rogues now. That's the PC term for it. And, uh, and one of the players, let's say the wizard or someone else, walks into the room, and there's a chest sitting in there, and it's unguarded, sitting in the middle of the room, behind an unlocked door. And he goes over and he says, I'm going to open up that chest. What exactly is going to happen to him? In in my world? In your world. <laughs> what is going to, In your angry, angry, angry world, what is going to happen to that poor, that poor wizard? Well, um... Presumably, the the chest is rigged with explosive runes that also summon a beholder that also explodes. <laughs> so, like, a, a giant eye-shaped bomb is going to emerge from it and blow up. Well, don't forget the eye rays. Eye rays come out of the explosion, lots of them. Okay, all right. Okay. So, but, well, no, seriously, I mean, I, I think that there's, there's kind of a... Oh, listen to me, I'm getting serious now. That's I think there's kind of a, a flaw in in sort of the, the setup and the question. Okay. Um, honestly, in, in terms of that setup, first of all, I would say, if you're not prepared to kill the character that is stupid enough to walk up into a chest, walk up to a chest and open it in an incredibly trapped dungeon, then why did you put a trap that would kill a character on that chest. I mean, my rule is you never point your GMing gun at something if you're not willing to pull the trigger. But okay. But beyond that, um, I don't... See, I have trouble with the phrase should GMs punish players for bad decisions? Because I like to rephrase it as should the players' choices have consequences? And mm-hmm. the answer is nice. absolutely I mean, after all, that's what the—that's what at the heart of role playing it. What at what's at the holy crap? You guys shouldn't let me have that much vodka before we got started. <laughs> um, Our secret plot the, is revealed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's at the heart of role playing is making choices, and without consequences on top of those choices, be they good, bad, or indifferent, uh, the, you know, the choices don't mean anything. Yeah, I love I love that the kind of turn of phrase of. You know, don't point your GMing gun if you're not willing to pull the trigger. And you absolutely, if you're going to put something in a game that can level the players, you've got to be prepared to have that happen. And I'm not going to say that putting something in there that will level the players is a good idea. But if you do it, you've got to be ready to back it up. Okay, well, what happens when you get into a situation where you think, okay, uh, I I have come up with this... uh, situation and I've dropped plenty of clues that I think are very obvious 
And if they get into this situation and they do X, horrible repercussion is going to happen. But as we all know, clues, when you are the guy who knows everything, Mm -hmm. all seem really obvious. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. different than the chest, though. It is. It that's is different like the than the chest. That, that's like the extreme, <laughs> the most extreme. The obvious. Like, if you're in a dungeon and you're poking yeah. around, there's going to be traps. But I feel like in that situation, it's generally something a little more subtle. But in answer to your question, those were the two situations I could think of where you don't necessarily want to punish or have those consequences be what you had thought they would be. Is if, say, you have a new player. Mm-hmm. And who isn't necessarily used to uh, what skills you're going to use or what you're going to do entering into a situation. Or if you haven't, you feel like they should have a certain read on the situation because of what you've put in front of them. And then it's pretty apparent that their read on the situation is not what you expected them to be. Right. That you might want to tailor your response differently. Well, I I would say to that, first of all, um, again, you chose the consequences of that outcome. So, I mean, as a GM, you have to accept whatever, that that it is possible that the players are going to fail and fail catastrophically. So when you set the consequences of failure, be it planning the adventure or at the table, you've got to be prepared to deliver on those consequences. But beyond that, too, if the players aren't, reading the clues you're giving well you are the eyes and ears and brains of the characters in the world so it's up to you to say it explicitly just say to the character hey you know if you do this there might be dire consequences based on the three traps you've already encountered on chests in the previous rooms Mm -hmm. i mean that's your job you are communicating everything in the world and everything that the characters know about the world to the players I feel, I mean, there's a little bit of a gray area with this for me, especially when you're asking for creative solutions to problems, like the, like not necessarily like the trapped chest or something, but you're like, okay, there's something in this tower. How do you get it with, you know, there's no stairs, whatever, like whatever your your conundrum is that you want the players to solve, whether it's an actual physical trial of some type or whether it's like more... Uh, political or something a little bit more um, intelligence-based. Like, you really need to play along with them in some ways. You need to yes-and them in some ways. But that doesn't mean necessarily that you you have to not... I don't know. I don't like the way... Of the, the, the turn of phrase, punishing them for mm-hmm. bad decisions. Because some... <laughs> Well, I was being hyperbolic. I know, totally. Um, I think it's just the teacher in me that's just like horrified angry. by that phrase. Um, but you want you don't want to stifle their creativity. You want them to try some maybe kind of out of the box thinking, even if it's not necessarily what you had planned or what you'd come up with. So you want to make sure that while they're con- they're using what teachers call natural consequences, like okay, natural consequence to put it in layman's terms for you is like okay, a kid's running across the playground, you know, running across the blacktop. They fall, they skin their knee. You don't then give the kid a timeout for running because their natural consequence was they've now got a skinned knee. Then you go put a bandaid on it and they learn better. So you have to have something that's proportional to what they're doing, and makes sense. So it's not like okay, you guys finally made it up the you know the tall tower, but I wanted you to do this other way, so the tower blows up. It's like. That's not a natural consequence. It's like, okay, you're halfway up, 
and then suddenly, you know, the rope starts swinging in the high winds that I told you about earlier, and some of you might fall. Like, that's, you, you've got to make sure it's fitting. Okay. So what I'm hearing is, as the wizard approaches the chest in the middle of the room, he should trip and skin his knee. Yes. <laughs> and that, that will solve the problem. Yeah, it might actually trip the chest before he gets over there, thus saving his life. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'd actually like to, to, to respond to that, because yeah. um, I, I, I totally agree with the idea of consequences, but I think there's another part of this that's being overlooked, and that is when you're putting a challenge in front of your players um, that you want them to solve creatively or whatever, there is an element of challenge to that. There is an element of, here's a puzzle. Are you guys bad enough dudes to uh, to rescue the, the ninjas from the president or however the hell that went? <laughs> I, I might have gotten that wrong. <laughs> um, you know, but there there is an element... Like, people play games partly to be challenged. Yeah. And if there is not the possibility of loss, there is not really a challenge. So you put all the clues in place and you set up the puzzle and assuming you have confidence in the way you've designed it, then, I mean, there's a chance the players are going to fail. And eventually they're going to screw something up. They're going to miss something. Um, and then it comes down to you to decide how severe the consequences are. But to still deliver on those consequences so that the players don't get the get the feeling that their choices their or or their ability to figure things out is trivial. You know, they've got to know that they could win or lose by their own merits. Right. No, I I think that's absolutely true because if there aren't consequences, I mean and there is no risk there's probably less fun. It's involved. the playground without blacktop. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah, we live in LA. There are no playgrounds like that. Um, but oh, gee, I grew. I had steel beams suspended oh, over thanks. concrete. <laughs> when, when we used to go to recess, they would give us bags of glass. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's somewhat situational. So I don't. I don't feel like you take away that risk or the consequence. Uh, every time but i think in some situations you don't necessarily want the outcome to be what you initially planned it to be um i just played uh it's an old uh adventure is it caves of chaos mm -hmm. in 5e so it's an old mm -hmm. oh uh, like a reskin module the 5e? okay uh-huh and you know there were we were reading some of the you know, if this, then that, and if the players decide to go get this a certain way, everything, all the contents of that safe are going to be broken because it's vials of potion. And, you know, so there are definitely consequences. But, it, for example, if somebody used something I thought was particularly creative but was designed to have negative repercussions, uh, I'm not necessarily going to follow through on that. Uh, right. If I think they were pretty creative and uh, they just took a different approach in that regard. So it's not necessarily going to play out the same way. Mm -hmm. But that, of course, falls to you as the GM running sure. the game. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that there should never be, uh, you know, you should never, like, deviate from what you had planned because the players came up with something that fucked up your plan. I mean, something clever that... Mm -hmm. um, found a way around what you were thinking you know obviously you should do that because whatever their actions are you need to you, the consequences have to it's like you said natural consequences they have to follow logically from what the players have done but so i'm not saying deviate from the plan what i'm what i'm saying is 
if the players do everything that you had planned would lead to the negative consequence, and then you find yourself unable to hand out the negative consequence, maybe you need to look at how you're planning adventures in the first place. Right. Yeah. Because at that point, what you're really doing is just punishing the players for your own poor planning. I have a question, though. Mm -hmm. In the same vein as I'm an evil teacher, are there times when the players deserve to be punished? Hang hang, hang with me for a second. So I was at a party a few months ago, and... um, Someone who called himself a gamer comes up to me and was like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, I played D&D this one time. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is going to end badly. And he proceeds to tell me about how he proceeded to, like, stick his sword. Like, literally, like, he wasn't just like, I'm going to stick some a sword up someone's butt. Like, he literally did it in the game. Right. Like, he shoved his sword, like, up to its hilt. Like, up so they were LARPing. An NPC's yeah. ass. Oh. I, I didn't ask that part. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a good friend of my husband, so I'm not going to be like, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so in that case, yeah, I'm like, oh, you know how I said we should game together? We shouldn't. We should never, ever game together, ever. But, okay, are there times like that when the players are being overly obnoxious? Like, if someone did that in my game, like, I'm, I have no idea how I'd really react. When they're being yeah. unrepentant murder hobos. Yes. Right. Like, are there times that the players deserve to be punished, or as a GM, do you just roll with it and let them play uh, the game they want to play? Actually, my answer is, this is going to sound really weird, because uh, I'm sure everybody out there is expecting me to say, you know, kill them all, mm-hmm. let the gods sort them out, and you're the gods, so... Um, but in that case, you have a problem not with the characters and the game situations, there is actually a difference between the game you're trying to run and the game that player wants to play and maybe Mm -hmm. the game that the other players want to play. That's actually an out-of-game problem. Right. And trying to solve it in-game is never going to get you anywhere. It really is one of those things where it's time to pull the player aside and say, look, this is the game that I'm running, this is the game that, you know, Alice and Bob and Carol want to play, and you are playing your own game and screwing it up for everyone, so Mm -hmm. can we work together, or do you need to find another group, or, you know, meet somewhere in the middle? That's my answer. That's very sage advice. Uh, I get that a lot. I'm very sage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm practically the Dalai Lama with swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you find the middle ground where he only sticks his sword up some people's butts. Yeah, or just halfway with everyone. <laughs> maybe, maybe not only... to the hilt. <laughs> not to the hilt, exactly. Or maybe, maybe pommel first. Yeah, it's been fascinating to see my face. Like I wish I'd been like a fly on the wall watching myself I during wonder, that conversation. Yeah. Well, he was literally like he was so proud of himself like he thought it was hilarious and he's yeah, like 20 he's, years older than he no yeah so he's, he older than, he's older than me and i was just like sitting there and <laughs> no. he's like wow we play this game and then i was like well in my games we actually like role play like we were the characters and, and he's, he's like, like yeah no and he was really like really you guys like really act like you're the characters i'm like yeah sometimes i do accents and he was like that sounds really fun and I was you'll just never like, find out you know, no. never yeah. fucking no. know <laughs> uh, 
Let's go on the emails. Okay. Cool. Do we have oh. Q&A? Do people have Q&A? Uh, the there's, uh, what are the games on that are on the angry uh, GM's desk over his right shoulder? I recognize oh. them, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, what do I have? Oh, I have Crossmaster <laughs> Arena there, because I just bought that. Um, and then uh, over here, let's see, I have my Samus Amiibo. Uh, this is comics by uh, Shazba, double Z, double A. That's... Uh, Today Nothing Happened, it's a journal webcomic, which I totally suggest check out. Uh, I've got Dungeon World there, I've got a Savage Worlds book there, D&D &D 5e, and, and a Dark Souls strategy guide, because now that I beat it, I can look at the strategy guide and see what I missed. Uh, and then some Hellfrost <laughs> stuff, and buried under there, I think, is the Firefly role-playing game, the new one. I just picked nice. that up. I, I love that book, the Firefly yeah. book. Although I had no idea... Have you looked at it yet? I really haven't. I just picked it up <clears throat> a few days ago. Look at the, I, well, it wouldn't be geography, what, the astro, astrography mm -hmm. of the Firefly universe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a system with something like seven stars in it, some of which are oh. going in orbit around each other. Yeah, there's no science in Firefly. And then... And then there's a bunch of planets around each of those stars. Stop ruining it for me, Stu. Stop it. It's insane. Stop. It's insane. Stop. It's That's like wonderful. how much it's magic do you really want? You have to have a science fiction setting where there's no faster than light travel. Yeah. But you still have to have 150 worlds. When it's just have so we're gonna faster than light. Yeah. Yeah. How how many revolutions can this entire star system go around before things start catching in each other's orbit and then all <laughs> falling into the sun? Now, I, I am not an astrophysicist here, <laughs> but I'm going to pretend to but. be one and say that if you had seven stars locked in orbit around each other, not only would that the orbits be incredibly complex, but the tidal forces would rip apart any of the planets there, so you would just have a cloud of debris being gradually sucked into these seven stars. Well, plus, if they were moving, that would have been not a good stars. ending for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am on the wind, and then everything gets sucked into star number seven. That would have made just as much sense, yes. <laughs> Yeah, but other than that, it's an awesome book. And one day I'll run the game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it, it's it's really nice. Uh, anyway, let's go on to the first email. The first email, is, uh, who is it from? I forget. A person. It's from Grant from Saving the Game. And as Yay! our guest, do you want to read the first email there, Angry? Uh, sure. I can <laughs> still read. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And let me, just uh, let me just remind the host, we have like about a two-second lag. So interjections. No. New, new, new. Stay quiet. Okay, good. Okay, dear Happy Jacks and Jills, which that's not even the correct name of your podcast. It's Happy Jacks <laughs> RP podcast. So I don't know what's going on here. Greetings from South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Whatever. <laughs> uh, a quick beer note before the actual topic, because PSs are silly in this day and age. I don't know what PSs are. I, I'm just going to skip this whole thing because it's about beer, and beer is <laughs> no! disgusting. Okay. Okay, fine. Greetings from South Carolina. A quick beer note before the actual topic, because PSs are silly in this day and age. I tried my first sour this week, brewed right here in South Carolina, and it was awesome. That really needed an exclamation point. It was awesome. 
<laughs> big fan. <laughs> and something every budding beer aficionado should try at some point. Uh, I've got some grammar points, so I'll be emailing Grant later on. Uh, that first paragraph's kind of a mess. <laughs> Anyways, I've got a bit of a problem. This is him saying it now. That wasn't oh. me saying it. Okay. Anyways, i got a bit of a problem. Or rather, a very good friend of mine does. Yeah, sure, it's a friend of yours. That... <laughs> He's a decent enough player and GM. But in our decade of gaming together, he's been hung up on this one particular world-building conceit in every fantasy game he runs or plays in, and will not, excellent use of the all caps there, let it go. The details are complex, but it basically involves putting tons of magic into the world, whether it needs it or not, in a particular way. I'm not sure how that clause fits in, but that's okay. I'm not here to braid your grammar, because you'd get an F. Um, every <laughs> single game, regardless of setting, player goals, GM goals, etc., he tries to wedge this idea into the game somehow. Now, lest you think we've learned nothing from listening to you, we've tried a lot of solutions already. He already runs two occasional campaigns with this conceit that didn't get it out of his system, and neither did the third weekly campaign that lasted a few weeks, making him play didn't work either. As That was all a parenthetical. Holy crap. I, I'm not following this at all. <laughs> I've had a little too much to drink. That's okay. The ex-English okay. teacher in me is, like, loving this, by the way. <laughs> as soon as he had a character to bring things into the setting as a player, guess what showed up? Killed that game immediately, by the way. We even tried to make him write his novel. Nothing has cured his fixation, and frankly, I'm born with it. I want to start up a 5th edition D&D game soon. As awesome as this friend is, and I can't sing his praises enough as a man and a friend... It reached the point... There's, there's some unspoken feelings there, I think. I think so. It's oh, reached the spoken. point that I'm hesitant to invite him to join us. How would you deal with someone who won't let an idea like this go? Great shows as always this year. Keep it up. Sincerely, Grant Woodard, co-host, Saving the Game. Saving Oh, Saving the Game. Good podcast. Mm -hmm. Hey, Grant, I'm sorry I said all that. But <laughs> 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 so... Does anyone else, like, what the fuck was the thing? I want to know what it is. I want to know what it is. He doesn't want to say. He doesn't actually say. It says he's, like, cramming. It looks like he's saying he's cramming tons of magic into his game, whether the mag whether the game needs it or not. Um, it, but how does that mess up a game? I want to know how he's doing that as a player. Right. I, Isn't that weird? I'm wondering weird. if it's a particular type of style of maybe he likes intellectual property yeah right yeah who knows <laughs> yeah, i don't know uh yeah it sounds the, like the, the final fantasy thing there where just like everything is glowing bits and and you know runes in the sky and floating things and whatever yeah for the remainder of the know. conversation i'm going to dictate that it's flying broomsticks or okay. like that's what right. he's obsessed on. okay okay <laughs> that's awesome now, now so he has a Quidditch fixation yes exactly <laughs> now, he mentioned a lot of things uh, in there mm -hmm. that they've tried have they talked to him about it and said, this bores the fuck out of us, stop it? That that was my immediate thought, was just the frank, hey, that, that flying broomstick stuff is super cool, but... Not. Yeah. But the we thought we'd want to try this game. During the first yeah. 12 years of yeah. campaigns, yeah. it was awesome. But it no, was it's awesome. Maybe. You know what? Yeah. When you create your D&D &D 5e campaign... 
just pretend like broomsticks have been outlawed. Like, yeah. there's some horrible, horrific accident where a king was anally, you know, violated by, by a, broomstick. a broomstick. And so they are now banned in the kingdom. They are no longer allowed. You can't do it. Or you die. And then really kill his character if it brings it back up. <laughs> because just like Angry said earlier, the best way to solve out-of-game <laughs> out problems is in-game. <laughs> oh, wait. No, that's the backwards. That's right. The opposite of what he said. Hold on. Um, I think I'm being misquoted here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with Stu. Like, just be frank with him. Be like, hey, we get that you're really into this concept. We've been playing along with it for 12 years. Can we do something else different, please? Yeah, we're a little tired of the broomstick sodomy. I, that's what we yeah. were discussing, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, that's what it comes down to is you, you really just have to sit down and communicate honestly and openly and as much as I hate those phrases <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know what you also this is this is the hard thing okay be, being in a role gaming group sucks sometimes but the fact of the matter is if the person can't drop the idea and it's really ruining your enjoyment of the game then maybe it's time to game in different directions. I I don't. Yeah, to go different ways. I mean, I'm you know maybe break up. Can we game? You know, with clearly, other like people? I said, there's some there's some sort of unspoken feelings here. Yeah. Um. So. I was just gonna say, and I think that's the crossroads he's at is that he really, uh, he likes this guy. But that he's ready to kind of part ways because they just really don't want to see the broomstick thing again. But I I think, like you said, there's a way to be diplomatic uh, and just say, you know, he's not running this game. He's going to be a player that they just really but, don't want that introduced. But you also have to re be realistic. And there comes a point where no matter how diplomatic you are, some people won't listen. I mean, true. And, and that's you have to have that mindset going into that conversation that if I approach this topic, it may be a situation of um, do I live with this concept or do I lose this person as a player? Mm-hmm. Or, or even... Which, by the way, is why I say that have, being friends with your players is totally a conflict of interest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Stu... I think Stu connects with that idea. I don't know why he connects with that idea. Uh, well, it's just, <laughs> it sounds well, like the he... things I do to the players in my game are not things that a human being could do to people he called friends. So, <laughs> you know, it's like... That's actually uh, incredibly true. I feel like an asshole for all the things I've ever done to my friends in games now. Right? You're yeah. just not cut out to be a GM, actually, is the problem. Yeah, it, no, that's absolutely true. You know, if you're walking around with guilt over anything you've ever done to someone in a game, then you can't be a DM. Well, I didn't until I met you, Angry. <laughs> <laughs> I had no guilt before. Hey, I've broken another spirit, and you didn't even have to sit at my yeah. table this time. Right? Good job. <laughs> I have to say, before we move on, though, sour beers, uh, I'm obsessed with. I love. Are you ta you're talking about like Belgians? No, like sours, sour ales, wild ales that are sour. They like can be lambics or saisons. Alcohol. Uh, not. I don't think saisons. Saisons, I think are. I think they're. I think they're open for me. Because I'm. 
I'm talking like oh, oh, like it's like a gummy worm sour. Have you ever heard of darkness? I understood no. that part, the gummy worm part. Of oh the my god! Yeah, no, it's well. I mean, all the Belgians have usually lactobacillus or I something like that in yeah. it. Yeah, like, and, and they've introduced some a bacteria into it that gives it that kind of sour mm-hmm. flavor. And you're just talking about something that yeah. dosed with yep. colonies yep. of that shit. Yep. So that it just has more of it. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's 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 the it's the Belgian version of what we've done with IPAs. Yeah. Here That's in a the good US. way to yep. yeah. And the sour, the better. Really? Oh my god! Yeah. See, because when I used to when I used to homebrew, because I used to homebrew <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, all, all the time. And uh, if I had a batch of beer that was sour, that means my sanitation wasn't good, and I dumped it. You well, that might be something else. No, is no, it right? Well, no, it, is it, someone it, was just smarter than you and put a label on it and yeah. called it sour and then sold it to people. Well, sanitation when you're making beer is very important. Right. Right, because you you have this sugary liquid For that sure. is like, it, it spends a lot of time at temperatures where bacteria grow, right? And you, generally, if you're making beer, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that the yeast eats all of the sugar, not the bacteria. Because mm-hmm. the bacteria makes the vinegary, sour kind of stuff, and the yeast makes the sweet, sweet alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's 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 kind of the whole thing, right? And so when you're when you're brewing beer, you make sure that everything <laughs> that the wort is going to go into is absolutely as clean as possible and is bacteria yeah. free, right? Uh, so whenever I like missed something or there's yeah. something I didn't clean out or something like that, and I'd suddenly get that sour taste, I'd know I didn't I didn't clean it right, I didn't sanitize everything correctly. Boosh, there go five gallons of Which beer, are, and I start the over. The yeah. chat room says that bacteria sours conversations about gaming. Oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Yeah, when you get a chance later, go back and read my comments, because I was yeah, just totally... It was amazing. It was, and the best part is, from my vantage point, Stu's sitting there talking about it, and your comments are going right <laughs> behind him. <laughs> it's like, so that's why you hear me giggle every few minutes in the conversation. Oh yeah, It's pretty yeah, awesome. Right yeah. I should put that computer up higher. So, <laughs> like up. so you can see it? Yeah, so yes. everyone can see yeah. it. Uh, all right. So thank you, Grant. We appreciate yeah. the, the email. And uh, keep on keeping on. And you've got the thing. I, I didn't do it last year. I felt bad about it. But this winter, he does a um, a competition between RPG podcasts to raise money for various charities. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And we've done that before, previously, right? We did... Or was that a different competition? That was two years. Uh, not last year, but the year before we did JDRF. Couple, couple right, years. yeah. I knew we were going to need. Blew them out of the water. Yeah. But we didn't do it last yeah. year. Yeah. We didn't yeah. do it last year. Uh, we'll do it again this year. We'll blow them out of the water. We'll blow them out of the water. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you, Grant. Uh, dealing with death, an email from Will. Dealing with death. To the new bards of our age. Is that like Shakespeare, Shakespeare bards? Or is it like bards like you pile up the bodies? Oh. It seems to me that many times the yeah. question of what should the GM do if a player, whether it be bad luck or bad planning, dies. This is often uh, where the subject of dice fudging comes up. My first tip, as novel as it might sound, is that if you don't want players to die, I'm going to assume he means characters. 
Yeah. Well, nobody wants the actual (laughs) players to die. Most of them, no. Most of the time. Unless they've stuck a sword up somebody else's ass. Right. In game. And then you're like, you know, if you had a heart attack right now, I could live with that. That'd be okay. Anyway, continue. I have actually actively encouraged my players to die at times. Yeah? (laughs) Does it work? (laughs) No, not so far. Only the good die young. Pains in the asses live forever. (sighs) That's true. (laughs) That's why we're all going to have very long lives. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Except if we keep drinking like we do. Working on it. I shouldn't have gone to a wine tasting and then decided to drink a whole bottle of wine during the Yeah, and then started the podcast. (laughs) Or or you should have. Yeah. I did. Yeah, see? It's good, Stu. That's what we call in physical fitness the warm-up. So by going to your wine tasting, you prepared yourself to be, like, full-on during our podcast. Good coaching. Good coaching. And as I said before, red wine, it's got all that stuff in it that's supposed to be good for you. So it's really, it is like a workout. Plus, you're classing the shit up. I am classing up that shit. Yeah. Well, I read on BuzzFeed that it's the same as three hours of working out, so it's got to be true. (laughs) That's right. I liked that post. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you, goddammit. I, I would like to point out, this is the first time I have drunk subs- drank substantially since I was diagnosed with diabetes. So there is actually a good chance you will have an on-screen death. Oh. Awesome! Oh. Type 1 or type 2? Fun fact. <laughs> oh, type 2. Type yeah. 2. Me too. Type 2. Type 2, the pussy kind. My first tip, you don't want the players to die, then don't put them in situations where they can die. It's my opinion that most games should only have one deadly encounter near the end of the session, and the rest of the game's encounters should be filled out with non-lethal fights, fists, clubs, tasers, chases, and other such things. Example. Yo, I'm going to pause in a second because there may be some comments about this. Uh, example, slavers might want you alive to sell later. Police and henchmen might want to keep you alive to question for information. This gives the players the chance to escape or be given quests by pain of death if they can't escape. This also might weaken the murder-hobo archetype. If not everyone they fight is trying to kill them, then they themselves might think twice about executing them all. Now, if the players are killing everyone despite this fact... Then hell yes, start arming your NPCs <laughs> to the teeth with lethal weapons. <laughs> it's on the players now for being merciless. So, any comments about that? I have one. Um, yeah. So I feel like uh, that it could also go the opposite way. By having no fear of actual death or consequence, they could be more mur- murder-hobo-y. Is, that's now a descriptor. Um... Because I feel like uh, like one of the things that does encourage sometimes players to talk their way out of situations is the fact that, hey, that guy's kind of tough looking. I, I might die. Maybe I should try talking to him first before I try right. and stab him. Um, but I mean, obviously, it depends on your the, the flavor of player as well. But I feel like having that kind of realism, that consequence, kind of like we were, we were talking earlier... I will not use the word punishment. Um, Mm -hmm. That consequence there really does start to make characters think out of the box. Where if they are just plowing through every NPC that you're throwing at them, then it's the easiest answer for them is obviously (coughs) combat because there's no consequences. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think 
one of the things he's trying to address here is there's nothing worse when you're a, a player and well, I don't know I don't play that much but it would it seems to me it would suck as a player if you're right at the very beginning of a session let's say you ended with a, uh, a cliffhanger you said okay and these guys rush in armed to the teeth so the next session you know there's going to be a fight right right mm-hmm. off the bat there's going to be a big fight so the fight happens and your character gets killed in that fight in the first 20 minutes of the session that sucks. Oh. Now, now you have to make another character, and maybe you mm-hmm. can get it done before the session's over, and maybe the GM can get it introduced. So, th- he, he there's a he, there's a, a metagame consideration going on here, in that if you're going to kill a character, kill them near the end of the session, okay, mm-hmm. so that the player then has time to create a character, do whatever it is he's going to do to, with the character as far as connections with anyone else and everything, mm-hmm. so that you can smoothly integrate them in the next session, right? Which makes sense, except imagine the kind of metagaming that's going to happen amongst players if they realize that only deadly encounters will happen at the right. very end of the session. Right, right. Well, and if you're playing well, D&D, your entire session could be combat. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I, if you're playing any game, your entire session could or could not be combat, as the person who feels he has to defend D&D here. <laughs> I like D&D. We're playing 5e. We're having a great time with it. Yeah, me too. It's nothing but combat. <laughs> <laughs> also, I would like to comment that it is totally possible to kill a person with fists, clubs, or tasers. Tasers. Yeah. If you try hard enough. Yeah. So I've heard. I mean, I don't know. Right. It's a th- uh, so what was the question, though? Uh, is the- I, I, I would just want to, I was just I was just pausing for for comment. Uh, let's see. If you do not want to have an encounter feel lethal without killing them, then have the players on some sort of transport, like a car or a horse, and just have the bad guys aim for the transport, like shooting the tires and the engine of the car. Worst case, they lose their transport and the baddies get away. Uh, better than the players being killed halfway through the game. Now, if the PCs PC does die and the GM feels it's not time. Maybe the GM has too many good stories tied to him. Uh, then I have one limited trick you might be able to use once per campaign. If you are running a game with sci-fi or magic element to it, uh, when the rest of the players go to bed at, uh, uh, for the night after mourning the loss of their friend or trying some new boots or trying some new boots of stealth. I don't get that reference. Okay. Uh, have one. Have the once dead PC stumble into the campaign with no memory of what happened since being killed. How did he come back? That's up for the GM to turn into an epic and possibly tragic tale. Uh, but as some suggestions, clone might clone made by an evil corporation that is programmed to betray the party at the right moment, uh, or they are now the avatar of a god and the only way to stop the god rising to power is die in a certain way. The cretin way, actually, is what he said. I, I, I'm skipping so many typos in this <laughs> email. Okay. It is phenomenal. Um, we're drunk and we're correcting their spelling and grammar. Well, I, I, I did spend part of my life as a proofreader. I know. Uh, it is true. But will, what if... Okay, I can't fix this one. Uh, what if I have a TPK... At less than halfway through the game, uh, that's what Settlers of Can or some other board game is for talk about when the next campaign may can be. 
Like, now you're just making it worse. He's saying, but Will, <laughs> what if I have a TPK less than halfway through but the will, game? He thinks your name is Will. Oh, no, it's, he's it's a will. rhetorical he's question. Being Got it. Talking right. about himself. Okay. But Will, he, yeah. I ask, what if a TPK happens <laughs> yeah. left of the game? That's what Settlers of Catan or some other board game yep. is for, or talk about the next campaign can be. Hope this is helpful. Cheers, Will. Comments. So it's not really, not really a question, but an idea. I feel like that's pulling your punches. I feel like there are cool times where maybe bringing a player back can be very effective. Mm-hmm. But I feel if it becomes like a tool in your GMing, you know, tool bag, because that's where you carry tools. Um, yeah. <laughs> then it, I think it, it, it pulls your punches. You, you need to have people die and there needs to be actual death because that's the only way to make them really thoughtful of what their actions are. Well, when, I, when I read... You don't want a PC to die because you have too many story hooks attached to them. Yeah. I hear, stop writing the story and let right. the story just happen at the table. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I feel about if you're, oh, if you've always got the formula, where the big fight happens at the end, then yeah. it, it becomes a little more predictable than I would necessarily want it to be. Sure. I would encourage well, instead. Oh, go ahead. Angry go. Well, I, I think, you know, um, part of the problem here is th- there's this concept called iteration time in video games. <laughs> and it's basically the time that it takes to get back into the action after you have failed. And the, the big problem with, with a game like D&D is that there is a long iteration time. That's, that's really what it comes down to, is it takes a while to create a new character and get back into the game. Mm-hmm. So if this is really a concern of yours, one of the first things I'd suggest is try a game with simpler character generation. You yeah. know, um, mm-hmm. try Dungeon World. Dungeon World is great. You can generate a character with just the character sheet in five minutes. Though nobody heard me say Dungeon World is great because I don't go in for that narrative story gamey bullshit. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, but, Can we mute but his mic I mean, that's the problem. The problem yeah. that I'm seeing in the email, I'm just plowing right on past this, by the way. Okay. Uh, the problem I'm seeing in this email is not someone who is concerned about the consequences to the character. It's concerned about the player sitting there at the table um, who now has to generate a new character and might miss an entire session. Uh, alternatively, I, I mean, I'm going to like shock the hell out of some people by saying what I do at the game because this is going to sound totally opposite me but uh, like we're doing D&D 5e right now or we you know we did Pathfinder before and those games have death saves or death rolls where you know you're unconscious and you're making some kind of roll to not die and we do that shit in secret so the player is the only one who knows whether they're alive or not mm-hmm. and I have given my players blanket permission to lie to me when it comes, to, when someone gets over there and, and looks down and says, is the person still alive? Then that player decides whether to give the correct answer or whether to say they're still alive or not or whatever. So if they've died by the dice rolls, because I do make them roll the dice, if they've died by the dice rolls but they don't feel that they want to die, they can just say no. And no one will ever know at the table. Oh. Even, including you. Including me. I'll never know. And I don't ask. I don't want to know. You've just shattered my image of you. That's so I know, nice. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but this is the thing. This is the thing, though. Okay, you think it shattered the image, but here's the thing. It guilts the hell out of the players. <laughs> <laughs> the player, seriously, they have to make the rolls. 
bit so they made away. Roles, and now they have to sit here and say, by everything I did, by every choice I made, and by the dice, I'm dead. But I can redeem myself. All I have to do is lie to everyone. <laughs> I just have to be a dirty, filthy <laughs> cheater. Right, that's exactly it. But, okay, but in all seriousness, I have found that since I started doing that years and years ago, most players have been pretty honest about it, given yeah. the number of deaths I've had. Right. Um, oh, which, which is a pretty impressive roster, I gotta say. <laughs> well, I'm good at D&D. I win a lot. You win a lot. <laughs> that's, that's the attitude we want DMs to have. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> See, Mike? Oh, come on. Okay. Be honest, though. Be honest. Okay? You're GMing. You have a total party kill, right? Mm -hmm. You wipe out the whole party. And, of course, you're upset because the campaign is dead. All the characters are dead. Everyone's yeah. upset. But there's still that little voice in the back of your head that goes, I win! <laughs> right? It's there. I no. have not yet had my no. first TPK. So when I have my first TPK, I will tweet you and tell you if that happens. But I can almost It'll guarantee happen. you, now that you've said that, it will absolutely happen. It'll happen. It'll be, it'll be that little thought. It'll be in it. your voice, too. <laughs> I'm gonna. That's gonna. Be, that's soundboard worthy. I'm going to yeah. add that. I win! <laughs> it is, really. Yeah. I'm going to clip that out. What's yeah. the time there? I'm going to mark this. <laughs> See, my thing would be... Right. Uh, like, death... Uh, like, death... Like, mm -hmm. people aren't always worried about that with their characters. My thought, because I'm super evil, it would be to find something worse than death for them. Like, maybe you don't kill them off. Like, if you really want to encourage them to really, like, get away from the murder hobo archetype, if that's, like, your goal, then find something, like, worse than that. Like, okay, we'll find everybody you've ever loved. And we'll I, murder all of that. Or, I, hey, maybe your character will be in prison for the next three sessions. Maybe not, don't do I that. I actually have a story about that. Oh, um, do you? I removed death from my Pathfinder game. <gasps> you? The central, the central storyline of the Pathfinder game is that the characters keep coming back to life. They are being resurrected by a magical artifact. They don't know why. But their memories are intact. They can actually change bodies. They don't even know why they change bodies. So if they want to make a new character, they get it. But it's still them inside of it. And the, the problem is now, every, they can't get away from anything they do. Ooh. It follows them forever. Nice. Okay. So, and it, it actually came out of a dare because I was talking to two of my players because I had just TPK'd everybody. And we were talking about our new campaign, which we do every couple of weeks after there's a TPK. And I, I said, you know, I'm almost thinking about just removing death from the game. And one of the players looked at me and said, you couldn't remove death from the game and still have consequences. And I looked at him and said, I bet I could. Um, and this has been the most emotionally torturous game I have ever run. Nice. Because the players can't escape anything. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't need death. You know, it could be anything. Huh. Or what if you had them, like, every time they were resurrected, they lose, like, stats or something? That'd be well, amazing. Well, why, why do that? I don't know, because it's mean. Because well, I'm halfway... Th no, I'm actually finished a bottle of wine, because it seems like a good idea right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best time to house rule. <laughs> house rule. <laughs> well, when else are Happy Jack's people going to house rule, then? Because... I'm, I'm sorry, I got a DUI. You were DMing under the influence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to pull this campaign over. Uh, 
Let me just mention before we go into the next one, uh, JackerCon is coming up. Woohoo! Uh, does it start Dritzmas? Woohoo! I'm looking at the chat room. There's a lag there, but I want to make sure I, I talk about this. Uh, JackerCon is an online virtual game convention that runs on Google+. Plus. Uh, it is uh, run completely by Happy Jack's listeners. They're awesome. I, I have zero involvement in it. It, it just spontaneously yeah. came into existence on its own, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'm waiting for them to tell me. Dritzmas is the day after St. Patrick's Day. It's March 18th. 18th. Right. You've so, only been in this Irish band for 20-something years. You don't remember what day <laughs> St. Patrick's Day is? Well, yeah, but I was trying to do the math for the day after. Oh. I've had almost a whole bottle of wine, just like you. You better and catch the, up. And the warm-up. And, and the, the warm-up warm yeah, earlier on. So I'm waiting for them to tell me. They're unsure. It's been a really long time since So sometime around Christmas, if you go to the forum, there's a JackerCon sub-forum. You can go in there. You can find out what oh, games are going to be going on. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You going to look it up for me? Yeah. It's like 9.45. JackerCon starts on March 13th. Uh, we're good. We're okay. fine. And we're it fine. goes through March 13th through the 20th. March 13 to March 20. JackerCon 6. And nothing so to do with St. Patrick's Day. Right. Ignore yeah. St. Patrick's Day. It has nothing to do with that. It's before that. It just It's in the middle of St. Well, Patrick's Day. Dritzmas happens yeah. in the middle of JackerCon. Yeah. And, and it's a Dritzmas theme. Yes. JackerCon. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Okay, chat, just level with me. I'm not the only one thinking here that JackerCon sounds vaguely inappropriate, right? <laughs> What do you mean? It's just you. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he means. Why isn't? Oh my God! You're talking about masturbation? <laughs> oh my God! That's the line. You can't cross that. You're off the podcast. <laughs> Wait, that's your line? I listened. I'm, I'm touching the that's red, the, the red X of Bullshit. my hippie game. Uh oh, something about Gina touching. I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah, where's my You've Crossed a Boundary card? Yeah, that's my I red have, I used to have one X sitting right, right over here. Well, we're on radio, so cards yeah. don't really help. You need a sound no, I've got a, No, I've got the Google Pluses. Oh. I actually can only see Studio in the Google That's Plus because they won't let me put what? cameras on them. What? Yeah, we, we don't oh. appear on the podcasts. I'm going to keep their jobs. Yeah. I work at a school and stuff, so me, like, my actual image saying bad words on YouTube is bad. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Plus, evidently, <laughs> people get angry about how I look. I don't know. It was a thing from last week. What? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I, that I, I think what? I think Tyler was fucking with me. Maybe he was fucking with me. I don't know. He told me that someone <clears throat> you, like, wrote in God last forbid week you angry. listen to the episode and hear, and hear the email. Well, I'm a little behind. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to listen to all of the all Well, because I episodes. listen to them on the Just way to work. This is the one that I'm on. And my way to work is 15 <laughs> minutes. So I, I listen to the podcast in 15 <clears throat> minute increments. So I'm still on like two seasons ago. What do you listen to when you're working <laughs> on cosplay costumes? I haven't done that in a while. Hold I really need to work on that really, really badly. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. You guys don't listen to your own podcast? Then I didn't have to lie about listening to I it? do. <laughs> I listen to everyone. <laughs> I listen to most of them. I don't listen to all of them, but I, I do listen to most. Because I, I, I like to, to kind of game tape them. I listen mm -hmm. just very slowly and behind. So you're what, like season six? Yeah. I'm really, really Holy far shit. I skip the ones I'm on because I remember <laughs> them. So I listen to the ones. Well, you're gonna have to listen to this one. This one I will not remember. <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey, Angry was on our podcast. Why? Oh my God. I love it. It's so cool. I love wine. 
Wine Medi- is awesome. And what's going to be really fun is my it workout is tomorrow morning. It's going to be oh, amazing. Yeah. I'm going to go run two miles tomorrow morning. Yeah. And then amazing. go to yoga. Oh. Jeez Louise. You know what I love is that you're not kidding. That's like really your plan tomorrow morning. It is. It's awesome. It's like, who it are is. you? Yeah. We all get drunk and then we go work I out. I have to wake up I have to wake up and go to work tomorrow. Me too. Oh. Oh. I know. Solidarity, oh, brother. Oh, I hate Sucks. Texas. I hate Texas so much. I did my I bet week. Angry hates Texas more no, than No, they're really do. exciting and a lot of fun. That's, <laughs> that's why I decided to do them for my whole life. They suck. <clears throat> they're probably great for business. Metagaming Dilemma on the edge of a gaming nightmare yeah. from Nicholas from Sweden. Who would like to read this, please? Sweden. I will try. Okay, right. do it. This is exciting. Okay. Hi, Stu and Cole, and happy wishes from Sweden. We have played with the reoccurring GM for years. What's that accent? I have no idea. <laughs> it's cool. Shut up. I have Russian hey, and that's... Hey, you in cool and happy jigs wishes from Sweden. That's how you do it. <laughs> Don't play. open your mouth. <laughs> He's really knowledgeable. <laughs> All right, Russian. He's yeah. very knowledgeable. However, some games ago, we have our first TPK. I feel my PC was unfairly killed and to the point of being a gamer nightmare. I'm Just not read, doing that whole like I'm reading American. it. Yeah, like an American. America. American. Okay. In a science a sci fi setting, our group are oh people are really, that, that really great like at writing tonight. Reading level. Yeah. In a sci fi <laughs> setting, our group are in a dark tunnel. Are, <laughs> as other party members okay, yeah. are hurt. Lang- not yeah. native language. Yeah. Versus no, the other this ones. Is true. Okay, yes, this is true. <laughs> As our party members are hurt, I'm the only one able to contribute or to continue. Our only light source is my biosensor display, which I'm using to scan the surrounding area. I told the GM I wanted to scout deeper into the tunnel for about ten minutes as I am walking slowly. I found no signs of life, so I turned back around. The remaining group, two players, uh, were told that I was not returning for an hour. So they fled the scene. When they had disappeared, we got back t- uh, back in time to play out how I was captured. I had been surrounded by space pirates in a lit up room. Plenty of bad stuff there. I'm smart enough to know that if I hadn't ret- uh, that if I hadn't returned in an hour, I wasn't going. Uh, I wouldn't be able to. I won't be able to not get captured. So I simply gave in. I'm imprisoned in a huge metal container, so I tell the GM that I wait for the circumstances to change as there's no way to escape safely in my current situation. The party finds out what's going on and they start guarding the entrance. They scout a group of vehicles driving out of the tunnels and follows them. They chase the, uh, the chase turns into a fight, and at that point it is revealed that I am now uh, trapped in one of the trucks. Uh, well, wait, how do you get from the metal container to the truck? Broomstick magic. <laughs> I no, you. Sorry, go ahead. You're amazing. Okay. Everyone <laughs> died in the fight, as players obviously always fight to the death. Even when playing PCs without combat skills, outnumbered one to three by pirates. Basically, I was killed off after hours of play, feeling I had no hand in my own death. Is that what is deserved for splitting the party? <laughs> this is. I love all our... Our, our yeah. emails are really themed tonight. Right. Um, this was my first PC with a flushed out 
depending, uh, family depending on me, so I played it really safely. The GM said that he wanted to avoid metagaming, and I do see where he comes from as the other players are munchkins. What could I, uh, what could he have done differently? Thanks from Guy in Sweden. Nicholas. Nicholas. There you go. Sorry, it was on the other page. Nicholas in Sweden. You want to start with that one, Angry? The GM says he wants to avoid metagaming, but he created a situation in which metagaming was basically required because he jumped forward in time an hour to where the consequences of the player's choices had already happened and then jumps back in time to play it out with the player knowing that he can't escape. I, I'm sorry, I actually just wanted to rant about that. I don't think I have <laughs> That was a point, though. Yeah, it was an sure. excellent rant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to give a 9.5. I, I I, honestly, I think the GM is wrong here. Absolutely 100% totally wrong because he robbed the, the character of... Or the, robbed the player of any agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not so much that the DM set it up, or the GM whatever. I don't care. It, um, the GM set it up so that the player would be car- captured. That's totally fine. But by choosing how the scene, what the future was going to be, he basically sent the signal to the player that nothing you decide matters, which the player immediately picked up on because the player surrendered to the pirates right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's that's the only problem. I don't think there was a problem with the player being completely overwhelmed and maybe even having to surrender or get captured or anything else. And maybe if the GM had talked to the player about it, the player would have been totally on board with the idea of, okay, I've been taken prisoner by the pirates and whatever. I think really this was just a situation for sending some players out of the room or having a side table conversation or just not doing the whole flashback bullshit. Yeah, I, I, it, he transformed one of the player characters into the MacGuffin. He did, and and, and now, it, now one of your players has suddenly just become a spectator in the game mm-hmm. rather than and, right. And and any because he, he even specifically said, "I'm going. I'm not going to do anything until my circumstance changes." So it, I, I mean, I, I don't know the details of it, but at one point he's in a metal box, and at another point he's in the back of a truck. Well, I presume at some point during that time. There were opportunities when the right. situation changed, and right. maybe he could have done something, maybe not, who knows, but some of that stuff, I think, should have been played out. It shouldn't have just been narrated through. Yeah, not people to talk to, uh, stuff to bust out of, something. Right. Right. Well, and I think he's, uh, I don't know if it's even an implication, but what it sounds yeah. like is he's thinking he's being punished for splitting the party, which it sounds like he did momentarily. What were you saying, Andrew? Which, which, which may or may not be the case, but I mean, yeah, if the person goes off alone and then ends up outnumbered three to one, then yeah, I mean, that's a that's a risk of going off sure. alone. That's a consequence of a choice. But I think even it's okay to even have a player or character become the MacGuffin as long as the player buys into that. Right. I mean, I've had situations where... This almost exactly this thing has happened in my game. And I've actually pulled the player aside and said, hey, listen, this is what I'd like to do. Are you on board with it? I mean, I ripped out a player, a character's eye, not a player's eye. I ripped out a character's <laughs> eye and sacrificed it to Vecna nice. because it was a cool scene. And the player was totally on board with it. But I pulled him aside and asked him permission before I did that because it was basically me robbing him of his agency. 
Right. And he was totally on board because he thought it would be a cool story considering he was a cleric of Ayun and despised mm-hmm. Vecna. Yeah. But just, that's that's the thing is you can handle it any any one of a number of ways, but deciding what the outcome is and dictating it is the wrong one. Right. Well, first off, you know when you sacrifice when you fa- sacrifice an eye, it's to Grumsh like that. <laughs> it's just set in stone. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, that that's gonna have to be our. If you listen to our actual play, that'll make so much more sense. If not, you should listen to our actual play, and I it's don't have time to listen amazing. To I don't want to listen to other people playing D and D badly. It's oh, oh, I can handle it badly. I'm sorry. Yeah, because okay. I'm not the DM. If I'm not the DM, I know it's not going well. Oh. <laughs> Stewie just threw down with you, dude. <laughs> Damn, that's dude, what Like in your house. I'm a shit just... GM compared to him. I know that. Oh, I know this. Well, I am the best, but we knew this coming in. So <laughs> that's you, why the fuck do you think you're on the show? Because right. he wins at D and D. That's right. right. Um, um, yeah. I would just highly caution. And the best part is the players blame themselves. They always blame themselves. <laughs> they always yeah. think it's their fault. That's how you win. I don't. I don't think so. That's Any why we're getting this email. Is because this guy does not blame himself. I want them to lose faith in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just kill their character. I want to kill their soul. And once they've lost well, faith just... into themselves, yeah. they'll guilt themselves into suicide because they cheated I... death. <laughs> I and that's why you don't want to be friends with your players. players. Yeah. No, I know. We're giving you shit. We love you. Um, but I really do want to caution, like, being more serious. Like, whenever you take a, a PC captive, it completely changes their game experience. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Angry was saying, you definitely ha- should have their buy-in. Like, I would almost... I mean, it's a little bit extreme, but I'd almost say that killing them off is a better... I mean, unless it's, like, super short-term, if you're actually planning on, like, keeping them a prisoner for a while, like, it's better to just have them, like, restart with a new character. As hard as that can be and as frustrating as that yep. can be for them, like, completely taking away their player agency for an extended amount of time completely defeats the purpose of them being in a role-playing game to start with. Or show, just showing up to the set. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, maybe... Yeah, I mean, that, that might be a really great solve if you're, like... Hey, my wife's making me go to Hawaii for two weeks. Okay, excellent solve. Have their character be, you know, captured and in prison for two weeks. Um, except, except you wouldn't even do that without talking to the player. You'd be like, no. okay, yeah. well, you're going to be away for two weeks. Right, this exactly. This is what I'm going to do to your character. Right, absolutely. So that might be a great solve that way. But it definitely should never happen without you kind of like either forewarning or then discussing mm-hmm. it with them. And you can be like, hey, your character got captured. Like, Again, going back to that awesome quote from the beginning, if you're going to pull out that GM gun, you better be willing to fire it. Um, if you're going to pull out, you know, capturing a PC, you better be willing to, you, you, you need to follow through with it, but you also need to talk with them about it. So you need to be like, hey, player, you well, were dumb enough to get, con- yeah. to get caught. So would you like to be executed? Or it could be, hey, maybe you don't show up next week. There needs to be some discussion there. They need to have some choice in that matter. Because simply taking their character over and then pulling away all of their choices is just kind of not in the spirit of any role-playing game. No, definitely not. And like you guys are all saying, uh, there can be consequences to that situation if you go exploring on your own. But there should be seen opportunities where, you know, you could talk to somebody, you could try to break out... 
you know, what's the situation rather than just you're completely removed from gameplay. Right. It doesn't sound to me like he split the party. It sounds to me like he scouted ahead. Exactly. Which technically is splitting the party. Right. But it's like, I'm going to sneak ahead and see what's up there so we can go yeah. back and confab and do our shit. And yeah. then he got captured. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and it's... You know what? Yeah. Can, can I jump in here a second on this whole splitting the party thing? Absolutely. This is a little bit tangential. But I really, 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 really hate the fact that it has been drummed into everybody's head. Oh, don't split the party. Never split <laughs> the party. You. Just split the party. You're going to get killed. Don't split the party. Don't split the party. I love when the party splits. I get to do this mm-hmm. split screen thing where I cut off from one group at, at exactly the cliffhanger moment and say, but meanwhile, Steve is over here doing this. I can handle a split group. My players are terrified to split the group. They won't even <laughs> split up in town now. It's like they have six, <laughs> and six members of the team and they won't be like, well, I'll go shopping and I'll go talk to the, the chancellor and I'll go no, it's like they all have to do everything. They have to be in on every goddamn conversation because everybody says, don't split the party. <laughs> and then I've got Wizards of the Coast putting it in their freaking footnotes in their in their player's handbook. Oh, never split the party because you'll get killed because your DM is evil. Ah, stop ruining my game. Yeah, Finally, the real angry came out. Woo! <laughs> yeah. It's like all our players are women going to the bathroom. Like they all have right. to be together right. all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right. did, was there applause? Yeah. 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 Oh, sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, I deserve applause. I'm just not used to hearing them because most people don't realize I deserve them. Usually it's yeah. just in your head and not in the headphones. I totally agree about the split the party is awesome. Oh, I thought you agreed that I deserve applause. I do agree with that you deserve applause. Every, every, every moment. Yeah, but we just have a button we push. We don't actually put the effort in to clap. We just sometimes. have stupid shit buttons. Sometimes. Yeah. sometimes. Well, thanks. Absolutely. That's shit. It. That's like telling me, hey, you only won because I fudged the die rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least we were honest enough to tell you. Which, by the way, great way to rob your players of their spirit at the end of oh. the game after they win a really powerful victory. Say, <laughs> by the way, guys, I fudged the die rolls. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I think we have a big part of an episode at some point in the last like eight years. I guess it's been six years, seven years. Probably um, six. Six and a half. Um, before like when we were talking about like if you ever fudge a fucking die roll, like nobody knows. Like you take that shit to your grave. Like you never let them know. And just continuing, yes. Well, I, I openly admit that I fudge die rolls. Right, but we don't know when. You don't know which one. That's true. That's true. Because and you say, I sometimes D- do it. In the D&D game, I haven't yet. Yeah, that's because we're badass orcs and we don't need to. No, I, I, I need to roll as well as I can just so you guys feel challenged. Right. Because I'm the worst tactician on the planet. No, it's because we sacrifice people's eyes to grumpsh. I know, it's awesome. <laughs> and that makes it <laughs> you mean awesome. The, the, they're playing, the, the, the three of the, the, the party members are orcs. And we're playing in a, a sort of D&D world where all of the the good gods have basically fallen out of favor and people are worshipping all the dark gods. But they've all kind of been, like, had had good PR campaigns. <laughs> so, like, Vecna is the god of knowledge. Yeah, it's sort of fucked. Okay, that, that's actually a pretty cool concept. It's very cool. <laughs> See? Look! <laughs> No, I think Best GM in America just said it was a good concept. I think it's... <laughs> yeah. I've shut up every week. On me. Fuck Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard me, Chris. <laughs> Actually, he probably didn't because he's not listening to yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm gonna tell them to listen. Oh, okay, oh thank good. you. Good, thank you. <laughs> That's nine listeners. Yes. <laughs> All right. Of course, he's gonna leave a one-star review after this, but you know. oh, that's so forty-five <laughs> one-star reviews. Yes. Oh, no. If you add them all together, we have forty-five stars. It's amazing. <laughs> all right. See, I can be drunk and do math. <laughs> How to track? You, what is that math? I gave you a number and you said the same number back. <laughs> you <laughs> added it to zero. That, that's math. There's one star that many times. Technically, forty-five is forty-five. By one. <laughs> I didn't say it was difficult math. I said it was math. All right. Yeah. How to track PC consequences, Jacob from Scotland. Jacob from Scotland, dear Happy Jacks. Thank you for your podcast. It is both inspiring and informative. Are you shitting me? No. Would I shit you, bro? 45. From Scotland? Oh, yeah. Dear yeah. Happy Jack, thank you for your podcast. Come on. I can't do that. <laughs> I have like two accents. You could have And one of them is my dwarf. own. It's basically Scottish. No, I have like three accents. I have three. What are your three accents? I'm curious. Uh, I can do a southern. Uh-huh. Some sort of southern and eastern uh, European. I don't know if it's Russian. That's two. I don't know if it's no. And then there's my own. I got my own. Oh, that doesn't count as European is the low-hanging fruit of accent. <laughs> it is. Did I say it was complicated? No. Hey now. Come I on, didn't. Kimmy can do an yeah. Eastern European accent. <laughs> Kimmy and I can do. I mean, I could do Gollum and Mordor here. So. But yeah, no. <laughs> I bet you I, could do an awesome Valley Girl. <sighs> Kimmy. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I've been California. You want Gollum to read this one? I could do that. <gasps> nice. Go. Okay. Only for like the first couple paragraphs because it's usually right, hard to gets, understand. Yeah, it gets hard. Dear Happy Jacks, thank you for the podcast. <laughs> it is both inspiring and informative. It's my precious. I was hoping you could help me as you helped many others. Call it. Call it. <laughs> I am a big fan of having PC choices as consequences, both the positive and the negative. However, given that in most games, certainly most of my games, what do you mean your games? I mean my games, the games I run. You don't run games. Nobody likes your games. No, Master likes my games. No, he doesn't. Nobody likes my <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. He deserves an actual oh my God. No more, No more letters. I just want to listen to you talk to yourself as well. <laughs> Jesus oh, fucking Christ. God damn it. That's funny. <laughs> Nobody likes your game. <laughs> More please. That's got to destroy your throat. It really does. Funny. It could be worse because I could do the Cave of Wonders voice too, but I can only do that for one sentence and then I die. It's, What's the however, Cave of However, given that in most games... PCs are relatively powerful. The consequences of their actions should reach out far and wide. And that's it. I can't talk for the rest of wow. that. <laughs> I get one sentence out of that. I get like the, the dragon. The dragon speeches are very short in my game. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Wow. That's all I can manage. That's really good. And you sound like Lego Batman. 
<laughs> I do want more of Gollum, though. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, don't do the whole thing that way, though. Yeah, you, yeah, I couldn't do the whole thing that to. way. It would, that was no, amazing. Go, Gina, go ahead and finish. Okay, this yeah, go ahead. causes Sorry. this causes me considerable trouble, as I don't want to consider the entire world's reaction to each little <coughs> thing that PCs do. Additionally, it quickly becomes quite difficult to track these consequences. Let me give an example from a recent game of mine. The PCs wanted to be guests at an annual Guildmasters Ball where they could establish themselves and their organization uh, as important players on the city's political scene. Given that one of the PCs was a retired adventurer, they decided their first point of inquiry would be the Adventurers Guild. And since PCs are PCs, there were insults traded with the head of the guild because he didn't just he didn't show enough respect to the retired adventurer. The guild head offered a duel with training swords to see if the pensioner was still worthy of respect, but rather than accept, the PCs just attacked him with real weapons, left him bleeding on his floor, and ran away. At this point, I as a GM am trying to think of what the consequences of that action should be. I decided the guild master wouldn't die, as his wounds weren't too serious. However, there still has been an assault, and therefore the PCs received a fine from the courts, which they promptly tore up and fed to the dogs. The guild master would hold a grudge, and news of the assault would spread amongst the other guilds. This meant that anybody wanting to be in the adventurer's guild's good books would not trade with the PCs. That probably meant the Smiths Guild, the Armorers, perhaps the Gladiators, etc. The news of the attack would spread among commoners too, and there would probably be an influx of violent people into their organization and a drought in more pacifist recruit members numbers. Additionally, since they showed complete disregard for the legal system, the city council would become interested in ensuring they either conform or they do not grow enough to become a real threat. The bureaucratic ramifications, random searches, difficulty in conducting business. Not to mention that the PC's actions would have an effect on parties and the NPCs they haven't even met yet. I'm sure you can easily see how a single stupid action can spiral quickly into making the PCs pariahs among the higher's up, higher ups, where they're trying to shift the game focus with a massive rippling effect through the entire city. On the other hand, I don't want their attack to be forgotten, as it was a serious affront to a powerful guild. How do I keep the consequences in my game? while not making the game unplayable due to one stupid murder-hobo moment. How do I decide what is enough consequences, or should I just see how the entire game world would react? How do I keep track of the way the world sees the party without making it an exercise in bookkeeping? Sorry if the email is too long. I tried to keep it as brief as possible. Thanks again. Jacob from Scotland. My first thought on this, because I, I, this is one of the few emails I pre-read in this in this episode, is that I think you're going too far with how far this news is spreading. You got to remember, if you're dealing with a medieval or a quasi-medieval society, news travels very slowly, and it does not travel far. 
You're talking about pockets of civilizations, little cities, and then dangerous territories in between them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the only news that's really going to make it between them is news that people think is newsworthy enough to write their relative in another city about or something like that, right? So I think it's not going to be as widespread as you're saying it, it's going to be. And, and he talks about how all these other guilds are going to affect, and then the commoners is like, well, what do the commoners care? Right? Mm -hmm. Unless they're part of that guild system, it doesn't seem like they're, that's going to even really matter to them. At least for me. I think it's, I think yeah. you're, 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 you're <clears throat> pushing the ramifications farther than it needs to be. And then also, personally, you have to start looking at the situation of when, when, when did the players suddenly feel like this game is no longer playable to us because this guy made the, did this one thing and now no one will talk to us. No one will sell us swords or whatever, you know, whatever else is going on. And when you reach that point, you've gone too far. Mm -hmm. Dial it mm -hmm. back, right? It's like I had acupuncture today. And they uh, co connected electrodes, one from my, I had 20, like 22 needles in my body. It was the stupidest thing ever. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> And it hasn't made me want to stop smoking. And, and they put st stuck an electrode to one ear and then to the, the, the palm of the, or the top of my right hand. And then he ran electricity through it. What was it? Why, why was I bringing this up? I don't know. Uh, we have no idea. Negative ramifications, <laughs> consequences. <sighs> you spent money on that? We were saying... I don't even remember Earlier. now. No, yeah. it, it totally Aversion made sense therapy. when I started talking about it. No, it wasn't about aversion therapy. I don't remember. Anyway, never mind. Drunk. <laughs> ben oh, probably. Hey, whole bottle of wine. That was what it was. <laughs> yeah. But it just seems to me it's like he's he's like pushing the, the envelope of credulity when it comes to how far this news will spread in a low tech society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I well, think. No. Oh, you, no, sir. Oh, go ahead. No, no sir, no. you. Oh, okay. Um. I did not have acupuncture today, so I don't have that particular angle to add to this. And he's only had um, vodka. Yeah, yeah, but I have a lot, like, there's no cranberry juice left in this. It's been vodka pretty much for <laughs> Um, But, um, first of all, I, I could disagree with Stu here about the whole straining credulity thing and, and you know, that I could see that depending on this situation how far this news could spread and how important it could be. Because when you're talking about an adventurer's guild, adventurers bring back huge amounts of money, so they, they are basically a huge boon to the economy, and therefore a lot of other guilds will rely on them for money. But instead, I'm just looking at this is an adventurer's guild. This is a guild of people just like the PCs. Uh, so this is a guild of people who also go into dangerous, lawless areas and do dangerous, lawless things, and they're also really powerful, and it seems like that's the sort of guild that would just organize some accidents for the PCs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I perf I understand that, yeah, you want to think of all these political ramifications and whatever, but I I think the Adventurers Guild would go with a simpler solution. You know, honestly. It's like totally. oh, accidental like, fireball exposure, adult <laughs> onset death, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but really I, I think the bigger thing here, the the thing that gave me pause is this is the first paragraph of this thing where it says I want you know 
I want that for the PC's choices to have consequences, but I really don't want to be bothered considering the world's reaction to everything the PCs do. And it's like, well, that's kind of part and parcel of the whole GMing gig there is <laughs> you have to provide consequences. That's that's the whole point of the game. It's all about choice and consequence. So if you're not re if you don't want to sit down and do that, then you, you know you don't want to be a GM. I, I that's a horrible thing to say, I guess, to someone. But I don't care. I say horrible things <coughs> all the time. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> um, Technically, you type awful things all the time. I say them too. I say them when I. <laughs> oh, okay. But don't don't interrupt me here. Sorry. Because I have some place I'm going here, and unlike the acupuncture thing, I know where I'm going. <laughs> okay. At the same time, though. This guy is saying, or, yeah, Jacob is saying, how do I keep track of all these consequences without making it an exercise in this extensive bookkeeping and figuring out this and that and the other thing? It's called you make it up. <laughs> Look, it I will tell you where all of my plots come from. If, to show you where my plots come from, I, I would need a rubber glove and a flashlight and a proctologist, okay? <laughs> That's where plots come from. You wow. make them up. You don't have to sit here and figure out all of the random and write down, well, now they have this reputation with the the sword makers guild or whatever the hell I'm saying. I don't know. Because there's vodka. Um, <laughs> whatever. The point, the point I'm making is you make it up. You don't have to figure out every little thing. You only have to figure out the things that the players will be exposed to. If you want to decide that the players, everything costs 10% as much now because the pers the players are persona non grata in the town, that's fine. That's fine. If there wants to be advanced assassination attempts on the players by adventurers who will make them have accidents in dangerous ruins, that's fine too. Make it up. You don't have to track everything. You only have to track one step in front of the players. That That's the thing. You can get lost down that rabbit hole of trying to calculate consequences. I mean, it, it, it's like... When when chess masters finally snap after they've sat there and they <laughs> and they go through so many permutations and, and and try to think ahead so many moves and then suddenly their brain cracks and mm -hmm. they're Bobby Fisher right don't take your don't go that way mm -hmm. D improvise the shit and just yeah. let it just just come up with it it's fine it's fine it's fine yeah it's I feel fine. like we get the question a lot though of like how do I keep my my players from being murder hobos. And I feel like consequences are a big part of that. Like, yes. you need to make sure mm -hmm. that they're not, like, miraculously, oh, we're just going to all gang right. up on this guy who wanted, like, an honorable duel. And there's no consequences for that. Right. So whether you're on one side, you're like, okay, 10%, you know, more cost on everything that they try and buy. Or you're at the other end of the spectrum where they're trying to be murdered in the street by, you know, the Adventurer's Guild is trying to kill them every time they're out of a lawful area. Like, there's lots of, like, in-betweens on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there definitely do need to be consequences. I mean, it's not necessarily a punishment. Like, it's not like you're taking the party across your knee and, like, spanking them for what they've done. <laughs> but most parties... Our listenership just <laughs> skyrocketed. <laughs> bad players, bad, is it hot bad players. <laughs> Don't do that, players. Um, <laughs> but um, let me mark that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you really want to make sure that, that whatever they're doing, again, like going back to our topic tonight. But by, by the way, Stu, like tonight's 
like emails are all very topical. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. All I did is I took like the the most recent like six emails. You're such a liar. I know. I swear to really? God. I swear. No. They're all very I swear topical. To God. Yeah. They're, so, they are. They're all around the same thing. So I mean, you really want to find something that sort of like matches the level of like what they're doing as far as murder hobos. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of the natural state of most parties. Even. Like I'll admit, like our um, our five E campaign, like especially because we've got three fucking orcs, like we really have to like really concentrate on our characters to to not be murder hobos, because orcs' natural state is just murdering things. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we really have to pull into our characters to not get sucked up into that, and I feel like a lot of parties get pulled into that, and I feel like the more you can reward, and also you know have those natural consequences for people who are not, you know, who are kind of tending towards the murder, murder hobo-ness. Mm-hmm. S? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I've had a whole bottle of wine. Ignore me. Um, <laughs> you know, the more you can have it, like, like, there will be consequences. It may not be everyone's trying to assassinate you every five minutes. It may simply be that every time, time you try and buy something you absolutely need, you know, they charge you more. It may be, hey, every time you go around the, the city looking for information, nobody will talk to you. Yeah. But it, it can't be so much that it freezes the players completely out of the game and makes them not enjoying the game or not able to do their jobs. But it can't be nothing either. There needs to be, like, the, the happy middle ground there. But, well, that, that's the thing, though, really, is that DMs create murder hobos. We do. And, do you, I, I mean, that's... It, it, the murder hobo thing happens because it works and because the players get away with it. Yeah. And as long when they stop getting away with it or when it stops working, they will find a different tactic or they will die. You know, they'll evolve or they'll die. Either way, it'll be hilarious for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is DMs create the murder hobos and you can't have the murder hobos and then be like, well, uh, you know, how do I pull this back now? Right. Because really the time to solve it was all those times ago where you didn't have consequences. Right. And am I still speaking English? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, no. totally awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. It's like that first game when they're all level one and, you know, okay, we have, we need you to cross this bridge. You know, you can talk to the, to the toll keeper. You can do this. And they're like, no, we'll just fucking stab him. It's like, okay, that's like the first moment where you can stop the murder hobo-ness. And, you know, and maybe they do kill that guy, but then maybe his family shows up later, or destitute, and then they need to, you know, finish a quest to, to make it so that family's not destitute. Or whatever there is, there needs to be a... Something happens. Like, once that domino falls, there needs to be other dominoes that then fall after that that have some impact on them so that they see that these aren't all lifeless NPCs. You need to make your world deep enough that when somebody falls, there's other things that trickle down from that so that they feel it. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. First session, murder some children in front of your PCs (gasps) and then make the PCs deliver the news to the parents. Oh. Oh, I, di- I totally did that. that is is uh, Team Toxoplasma listening? Because, uh, yeah, they'll remember <laughs> that. <laughs> you, could, you could call them and tell them to listen. That'd be a good, good thing. Just oh, like I'll a- definitely okay. tell them. I've, I've been tweeting about this for a week that I was going to I know, we're so excited. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, you know, Simon says on the forum, said, crap, yeah. <clears throat> kind of parroting what you said, craft your bullshit only one step ahead. Therefore, it's fresh for your PCs to step in. 
Mm-hmm. That is actually a brilliant quote. I'm mm-hmm. going to steal that and claim that I said it. You should. <laughs> thank and, thank and, you, Simon, for saying what I was thinking. And also, maybe more importantly, for GMs, it makes it fresh for you. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you've if you've pl- planned out a bunch of stuff, a there's always the chance that they're never going to go that way, and it's going to be wasted prep anyway. But if you don't prep too far ahead, it's fresh for you as well. Yeah. And oh, suddenly yeah. it's not. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going this toes. thing I planned three weeks ago. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into the fight of how far ahead to prep prep though, because that's that's just a whole other fight, and then I say unpopular things. <laughs> well, what do you say that's unpopular? Yeah. Oh, I say totally prep. You should have the really? ending in mind as soon as you start writing the beginning. Yeah. Oh, oh see, I never do that. Oh, we should I, I not. Have no idea. What's Let's going save to it. Let's save it. We'll have Agri back another time, and we'll have this fight. Like, okay. All in right. a couple weeks. Oh, that sounds like fun. Because okay. I totally want to have that fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna drink a whole bottle of wine for that fight because I want to come like armed. I'll drink two <laughs> bottles of wine. I'm like, okay, you fuckers, you fuckers, run and lie. All right, gaming horror story. It was me, 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 from Jared. This is long. We're gonna break this up. I'll start that it. That was and a good th- read, though. Good read. That was nice. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I'm going to give myself some applause. D&D is morally deficient. What? It's spiritually corrupt. It is educationally evil. It teaches evil. And it is potentially dangerous. That wasn't the right button. <laughs> that, that was, was the applause button. Perfect, though. In some amazing way, that was perfect. No, no. That's fine. Leave it. Just leave it. It was, it was perfect. Oh, <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, that seems empty without Stork. I know. It's not Stork. No, I know. I know it's not. It just reminds me of Stork. stork. Yeah, because he does it. That's CNR. Oh, I know. It's I that's know the that. shit. That, okay. Hello. <clears throat> CNR. But it's now Stork's <laughs> man. This is a tasty burger. <laughs> all right. Uh, greetings and salutations, most glorious jacks of all douche. Greetings. This is a gaming horror story. This. Oh, fuck, I'm already fucked it up. My parcel slipped. (laughs) This gaming horror story might not be as ridiculous or awkward as previous entries, but I have to get this confession off my chest. Remember the scene in The Dark Knight when Harvey Dent says, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain? Well, I became my worst nightmare, the gaming elitist dick. For years, I have always preached, as long as you're having fun, you're role-playing correctly. There's always fun to be had, even with systems I don't like. Here is how I broke my own rule. The setup. A few years ago, I moved away for a job. Hand or blow. Being hours away from... <laughs> that was an excellent email. <laughs> Sorry. Being away from my RPG group, I scoured online and at gaming story, and at gaming stores looking for groups to feed my role-playing itch to no avail. That's when I jumped at the opportunity to play online with old high school buddies I used to game with years ago. They were going to introduce some 
introduce someone to role-playing through D&D 3.5. Not my favorite system, but again, as long as you're having fun, blah, 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 blah. The GM prepped for weeks while asking me for advice since I was a more experienced role-player slash GM. I always fell back on, don't worry so much about your story or the rules or and focus on what your players want. It's a game. Have fun. Eventually, he was ready and the ellipses, magic ellipses, was about to begin. When you say ellipses, it makes it so much better. <laughs> it does. It does. As opposed to dot, 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 dot. And then you he put, he put four, and you're not supposed to put four unless Always there's three. a sentence. No, if there's a, if you're ending a sentence and starting a new one, then you put four. Oh, gotcha. Because there's a uh, unless you're go go thirteen. What? Nobody gets that reference, right? Yeah. No. Okay. No. That's just me. All right. <laughs> just move on. Continuing. Continuing. My first warning sign was when I found out the newbie would be playing a dwarven drunken master. Quote, no worries, end quote, I said to myself, quote, everybody goes through that phase and we aren't teenagers and he'll snap out of it quickly, end quote, all caps, or so I thought. The fuck up. Someone read from here, because I've read enough. We begin at ye old fair. The drunken dwarf, ha- dwarf had a portable brewery and all <laughs> sorts of ales, wines, and alcohol on a carriage, uh, carriage selling it to people. The other buddy, let's call him Talks, was looking for spell supplies. And I played a Lyra who, uh, to woo the crowd. I was a bard. Don't hate, son. Look at James Bond if you think charisma's a dumb stat. I love that. Fucking <laughs> I rolled a particularly high performance check, and the audience started to grow around me. As the dwarf was... Hold on one second. Bards are thieves that can play guitar. Go ahead. Yeah. Only if you're Bruce. Okay. (laughs) I think it's all of them. This made the dwarf mad, so he decided to throw a flaming container of booze at me. It missed, but I thought to myself, this is not how you roleplay properly. This is ruining the game. But he's new, so maybe he's learning where his boundaries are. Tox picks up the booze and brings it back to the dwarf, where the dwarf proceeds to thank Tox by punching him. Then Tox gets back to his feet, and the dwarf apologizes by handing him a knife. But the dwarf was holding a blade and yelling, "Take my blade and knife!" As he hands cover, uh, as his hands cover the weapon with a ruby within the ruby liquid. This is a very long email. <laughs> Ages. I don't. I, 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 it's okay. I, I used to punish listeners for writing emails this long by not reading them. Yes. Or by editing. All of the important things out and only talking about their beer recommendations. That be that makes a lot of sense. That, <laughs> I've that done makes, it. That I've makes done many it. seasons before this makes so much more sense. Makes sense. Okay. Anyway. Down it. Uh, uh, my patience nearly depleted. I was about to get the adventure. The adventure started by calling the guards to put the lunatic in prison, until a green dragon emerges from the cra- uh, from the clouds and lands on top of the cathedral. And sounds his army of cobbles to attack. Cobalds. I know, I'm sorry. Cobalds? Cobalds. To attack. (laughs) Shut up. That's like Tim. This never happened. Tim last week was talking about gibbering mouthers. Shut up. I hate you all. (laughs) Go to hell. Stop laughing, Andrew. Stop it. All right, anyway. Gibbering? There was a monster in the old D&D monster manual, the gibbering mouther. Gibbering. (laughs) 
Just <laughs> <laughs> called it the gibbering mouth. That's what I love about nerds, though, because we read and the words that we don't hear in common, you know, speech. So we make up our own pronunciations. Enough of this gibber gabber. Back to the email. Talks ducks behind a bear. Oh, oh, yeah, this is the first time they saw it. Right. What? Pardon? Who knew how to pronounce gelatinous the first time you saw it? I hate that's brain. true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, you okay, can't go fuck yourself. Anyway, <laughs> ducks behind a barrel and the brewery slash carriage shoots his arrows. The dwarf does what any sane person would do. Get completely naked and try to intimidate the kobolds with his dwarven penis. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Get completely naked and try to intimidate the kobolds with his dwarven penis. I scared. Yeah, I, had I thought that's what you said. I did, I did say that. And wow. Notice I said kobolds? Okay. Anyway, I had enough. How dare he have fun? It's time for some <laughs> passive-aggressive, game-ruining douchebaggery. The beast inside me was unleashed. I grabbed a torch from a nearby tent and made my way to the brew carriage. Don't burn down the brew carriage. <laughs> that's what people always do when they have no idea what to do next. They burn things! Anyway... As more and more kobolds invaded the fair, Tox convinced the dwarf to get the wagon moving without getting any notice by the dragon. I hopped on the brew cruise and said, let's go. As the wine and spirits express began to move, I uncorked all the barrels, bottles, and batches. The power, uh, they poured onto the ground behind us. As the assortment of alcohol flowed from the wagon, the dwarf looked back to see his life draining before his eyes. I think you sprung a leak, I said, with gleeful delight. He jumped off his oxen and stared running towards me, and started running towards me. I then lowered my torch towards the back. Tox's eyes widened, and he said, Oh, God, please don't. I slowly smirked as the fire in my eyes glowed as brightly as the flames in my hand and said, I can't do that because I have a mead. For speed. Nice pun. I like the pun. I like that. <laughs> it's gonna be a boggard. Yeah, totally. I have a, I have a mead for speed. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> what little subterfuge, subterfuge we had was completely gone with the flame tracks that looked like we just went in, uh, to 1955 by using a DeLorean going 88 miles per hour. The dragon noticed our antics and roared. All kobolds descended upon our flaming carriage of fun. Talks, trying to fan the literal flames behind the wagon, and the meta shitstorm raging yelled, Bard, can't you use diplomacy skills to grant us an audience with the dragon? Wow. Okay, anyway, going back to the email. The dwarf interrupted with a, Not after I'm finished with this sorry sack of shit. Smiling, I used my bardic powers to scry a message to the dragon. You have to use your kobold army to take out three homeless travelers? No wonder green dragons are peons of their kind. <laughs> the dragon wings expanded and began to move with the destructive force of fire swelling in its mouth, heading towards us. All while Tox and the dwarf were erupted uh, in anger and fear. We're fucking dead! You can't do this! You're supposed to be a hero, aren't you? Question mark, exclamation point, question, exclamation point. I leaned along the railing and smiled again. Chaotic neutral bitches! Yeehaw! I jumped <laughs> off the whiskey on wheels into a crowd of kobolds. I stayed prone and defenseless as dozens of spears pierced my flesh. 
That's when the GM halted everything and sent us to our corners. (laughs) (laughs) As you do. That GM is a paragon of patience. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Right? The finish up. The GM talked to each of us individually. I applauded him for handling the situation in a grown-up manner and for being blunt enough to show me the error of my ways. I found out later that he that the newbie had been drinking before the session. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's like at all. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, oh, <clears throat> and is known to be a jerk when inebriated. <clears throat> anyway. But that doesn't excuse. Shut up. Sorry. But that doesn't excuse me for sabotaging the game. I'm not a jerk. I'm just a terrible reader. (laughs) You're a reader. (laughs) I've used my power and acted like a child. It was a difficult lesson, but one I won't forget, as this mistake will follow me forever. I decided to restart the game from (laughs) an. I'd like to thank the academy. Anyway, uh, from when the kobolds invaded, newbie didn't drink, and I played supportively, and things went a million times better. We're still playing, and it's been great. Thank you so much for letting me take on this burden. I hope to show you my horror story can help. Uh, oh, I hope that your show and my horror story can help someone keep a level head when things take a nosedive. Keep up the amazing work, Jared. Lawful waffle on the forums. Well I actually had a nightmare about running this exact game. <laughs> with cobbles? And cobbles? Well, yeah, with, with the cobbles. Yeah. That My was a joke. Like, I know they're called cobalts. I get it. Like, I know. No, like, you I, didn't when you read it. What, I was drunk, <laughs> and I know what they're called. And I've killed them in D&D, and I've killed them in WoW, and I've killed them in lots of things, and I know what they're called, and I just have drunk... <laughs> My f- oh, I thought they were being attacked by tiny shoemakers. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it so much more sense. Like, why would a green dragon no, be an army of tiny it. shoemakers? That didn't make any sense. Okay, That, that could be I an amazing campaign. I'm sorry. That's Oops. a really great idea. <laughs> my my favorite... I, I, I think you mispronounced awful there. I did. <laughs> by saying amazing. <laughs> my, my favorite mispronunciation recently in a game... Uh, in in our in in our D and D game, uh, the the orc culture, uh, females who lose their children, uh, become members of this dishonored. Or, the, yeah, the organization or the the Legion of Dishonored or whatever, and and the leaders of it are called the War Matrons. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, who who was it? Was it uh, Bruce? Bruce read war, and I, I made it one word. War matrons was one word, right? War matrons. He, he, so it's like he, the war matrons. Yeah, he read it as but war matrons. Robot heater. Exactly. <laughs> I am. I am the war matron. I am. I will heat up your hot pocket for you. <laughs> was the best fucking moment ever. Like derailed everything but led to the best like texting conversation that ever existed with like pictures of what we think Warmatron looks like. Hey all the Warmatrons. Stork's hair is great. <laughs> Sodium bicarbonate. 
<sighs> I think the best mispronunciation at our game ever was this this kid, he was running the game for the first, you know, he approached me after weeks and weeks of playing, and he's like, I want to try my hand at running a game, I wrote my own adventure, I'm really proud of it, I've, oh. been, follow- I've been watching everything you do, and I'm like, go for it, dude. And it's like this ancient temple, and we walk into the room, and there are braziers on the floor. Oh, like, yeah. So there's a couple of braziers on the floor. <laughs> exactly. And we're all looking at each other, and we're trying to hold it in, because the guy's, like, super nervous, and it's his first deal. But it was, like, the only furnishing he knew went in a temple. This is like the- so every goddamn room was just loaded with braziers. It was like a Victoria's Secret uh, store. It's, it's like, like a medieval like- fantasy Matt Helm or something. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like James Bond hotel yeah. room. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's braziers all over the floor. <laughs> and the rotating bed that slides you into a pool. <laughs> Did you tell him? Like, did you break it to him, or did you just guys like, like play along? Well, he, well, he was so nervous. He was so adorable. like deer in the headlight, par- you know, terrified. And right. you know, that's that's that first game running experience. Yeah. And that's a rough one. And yeah. and I got you know, no matter how harsh I am, I will always be cool on anyone who is brave enough to get behind that screen because that awesome. takes a lot. So, um, so yeah, I anyway. Uh, after the game, I, I made fun of him mercilessly. <laughs> he never ran a game again. Oh. Um, well no. done, you. No, I, I, he, he could see us, like, holding back the Snickers and stuff. So after the end of the game, he's like, everybody was laughing at me. I did such a terrible job. And I'm like, Aww. listen, listen, it's, it's Brazil. Uh, wait, now I did it wrong. <laughs> 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 It's Brazier. <laughs> Damn it. Are we done yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We're close. We're at 112. We're having so much fun. Why end it now? <laughs> it does look like that when you see it, like, printed. like. Oh, I, yeah. Brazier. Yeah. yeah, it totally looks like yeah. that. We used to mispronounce all kinds of stuff. I remember when the old Traveler books came out, uh... There was a skill called liaison. Yeah. And it was liaison. Yeah. For years, it was liaison. That's how we pronounced it. You are a liaison. Well, you, liaison. Go, you go back in the day, how many fights were there over how to pronounce melee or malay or melee or Oh melee. my god. Not oh, even. Melee. Right, yeah. Yeah. Melee. Oh, that was the tap. As in. But no, was it. Melee? It was melee. There was a joke in there somewhere. I forgot it. <laughs> I, st- it I think that there's still like legitimate gamers who have that conversation. Is it melee or melee? Or... Someone, someone sent us an email years ago. Yeah, and, I remember. And, who who oh, said yeah. it, it, it? Who? It's French. Yeah. It's melee, as in I melee one of your moms. Is, <laughs> was the example he gave. Yes. One of I uh, clearly I missed a lesson in biology. Um, <laughs> No, he was speaking to a, a, a group of people. Yeah. Who were oh, not okay, related. Okay. Right. So, plural you. I got right, it. yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't think you were conjugating that right in French then. Probably no. not. My French is shit. So, <laughs> 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 anyway. That ends that topic. Well, that was that awkward pause where none of us knew what punchline to end. I know. I was like. <laughs> 
Who's gonna go? Who's gonna go? My brain went Spanish. So I was like, wait, other romance language. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Do I know any languages that would have a good line here? No, I really don't. Two golems golems before we... My my straight lines are too erudite for this podcast. That's the the problem. (laughs) All right, well, let's call it. We're at 150 minutes. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Most thanks for inviting me. It definitely. was actually it was a blast. Yeah, totally. Blast. You need to come back another time. Oh, definitely. Anytime. Okay. Aww. All right. We'll do it again. Anytime. Absolutely. I'm gonna do the little closing sequence thing here if the fucking button works. <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo! Thank you for joining us for season 14, episode 13 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Gina. I'm Kimmy. I'm the angry DM. DM. He's the angry DM. God damn it. (laughs) So thank you for joining us, and next week uh, we'll do the same thing at uh, 8.30 or 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Friday. And, uh, boy, that volume doesn't go down as low as it used to on the other system. (laughs) And uh, that's Talk louder. It'll be better. I'll talk louder. And we'll leave you... With the song! Dame, you can have her if you please But if she decides to keep you Don't come running Back to me My scars aren't from the hen's peck They're the marks of pleasure's best And a man cannot be cuckold He's too drunk to find his nest I'll drink and I'll whore And the pleasures realize For this time tomorrow I may die
This tavern's not a proper place to confess. Oh, and you can tell your God he shall never see my face. I've a date with the devil in a far more raucous place. We'll drink and we'll whore and our pleasures realize. For this time tomorrow I may die. Oh, and you can tell your God he shall never see my face. I've a date with the devil in a far more raucous place. We'll drink and we'll whore and our pleasures realize. For this time tomorrow. Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.